Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today to wrap up season five of 24. We are into our season five recap where we go over things to do with the fifth season of 24, a television show. If you've not heard of it, you got a couple of hundred episodes, not a couple of hundred, lots of episodes to catch up on on this show because we've been talking about it for a while in a pretty epic season, maybe the best. Maybe not. We'll find out in this episode, at least from two of us. We don't definitely count for all the fan base the, at 24. The third one is not here today. Well, I was just, you know, the third one is the rest of the audience who watch this show. <laughs> so they don't really count because no one's listening to this right now. But I'm excited to talk about this again and go over the things that we've been talking about for the last 24 or so weeks. My name is Ben and Ticket Stub. Oh, come on. <sighs> All right, well, my name is Colin, and uh, Ben tried to delay me by a few minutes, and, um, well, the authorities have been out called. Well, we're having sex, or, like, is that what you... <laughs> you tried to delay me with sex. Oh. <laughs> I've called the authorities. I've been trying that for 10 years, and it's never it's never worked. Jamie's still trying that, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I can't believe we're, we're done with this season. This has just gone by in a breeze. Like, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's gone by so quickly. It seemed like yesterday we were just wrapping up season four and here we are now talking about the end of it. But uh, I guess time flies when you're having fun. I mean, this season is epic. I think it's been very interesting to talk about it. Maybe hasn't been as, I guess, uh, you know, your opinion not being on mine on levels about the Logan situation, about it changing a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, this has been a, a fun ride and what we really expected in rewatching this season. Yeah, um, I mean, this this season's the one that I think most people remember the best. And it is the same for me. I mean, although there is a lot of stuff in this season, I have not seen it for several years, where I'm like, ooh, don't remember that. Don't know how I feel about that. Uh, oh, I like that more than I thought I did. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, I, I feel like this holds up just as well as I expected it to. I, I We definitely differed a little bit on the Logan thing. Uh, I, I think we, we'd certainly seen worse shifts in 24 before. Um, Kim suddenly gets <laughs> kidnapped and fights cougars. Chloe kills. And I think it's the dominated entire third of the arc. But uh, whether you know we agree with how they got there or not, the, the fact that they did get there. I mean, what we get in the end of this with Logan. I mean, this is Emmy worthy. I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about uh, you know the performances and everything, but like this in season and if if anybody could come in and steal a show from Jack. I mean, it was Gregory Itson and this is a hundred percent his. Cause really, I think that the thing that surprised me most is that Jack's okay this season. He's not great. I mean, this is everybody mm. else's show. 
Yeah, it is interesting. It's a good point you make with that. Like, you know, and I think that's, that's the thing as this show establishes itself or goes more. It's like, it, you know, as we said at the very beginning, the Jack Bauer power hour. And I think kind of like really this is a season where it really shifted a lot into that. And then that's what we're going to get mainly moving forward. It's just, you know, we talk a lot about these moments of let's pull something from a hat. Oh, what's this? Jack hijacks a plane. All right, let's do it. Like they just try and find these things for him to do. And it's just going to turn into that a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, Gregory, it's an incredible uh, Gene Smart. Incredible. I mean, this season is renowned for its awards and the ratings and everything. Highest rated season. Uh, it won five Emmys this season, including outstanding drama series. The only time it ever won um, that and the only time it ever won lead actor for Kiefer, of course, it did win the Golden Globes in the first season, but it, it never really got that. I mean, it only got nominated for two Golden Globes this season, didn't win any, but it got all the Emmys this season. And I remember this. I remember that year when those Emmys were on and 24 basically sweeping them, well, not sweeping everything, but like winning a bunch and yeah. being very excited because you, there's always a TV show every year that wins a lot. And mm-hmm. in in this case for 24, it was that year for season five. And it kind of put on the map. And it is that rarity where we talked a lot about on Breaking Bad, where generally TV shows start off very well and then drop. It's very rare for a mm-hmm. TV show to kind of hit its peak in a later season. Whereas Breaking Bad famously got better and better and better. And then 24 sort of did and then fell off a cliff pretty quickly. <laughs> so um, this isn't Breaking Bad, sadly. But, um, yeah, I mean, very unique and particularly for a show that was already very unique, very well loved and and very popular for it to kind of hit the straps. And this is the only time outside of Breaking Bad that a show that we're covering, I mean, Third Watch didn't do it. Nip Tuck didn't do it. Lost definitely didn't do it. Um, well, Continental hasn't yet either. Well, I mean, five <laughs> seasons into that, um, <laughs> you know, who knows? But, um yeah, and it's also one of these ones where I think that as we've talked about a lot throughout this season, I mean, this was my peak fandom of 24. This was like when yeah. I'm, I've got broadband so I can download these episodes. Not that anybody ever did that back in 2006. Like this was, you know, when I'm sort of like not relying on just Channel 7 maybe showing this a couple of weeks later here in Australia. Like I'm living on this hours after the US so I can get into that fandom. I could jump on forums and live journal and all the great social media that we had back in the mid-2000s. So all the peak fandom levels of this great season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was the same for me. This is, I would say, peak, although my interest in the series was probably even higher at the start of season six, which we'll get into in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But then, of course, like the quality of the show, it drops off a little bit after that. Uh, I, I I never lost interest in this show. Uh, I, I I did mention there was a couple episodes in season six where I didn't bother for a little while to to get to it. But I don't think that I was ever as excited week to week from this about the show than I was in season five. And for the first four seasons, well, the first season was a little bit more hit and miss. Uh, I did have to play some catch up here and there. Uh, but like seasons two, three, and four, I was there every single week. I was recording it every single week. I was rewatching the episodes. But it was just at a completely different level in season five. Uh, you know, the the way that they actually just built these stories, and there were so many different levels to it. It was okay. I want to see what happens next with uh, Audrey. I want to see what happens next with. Now they got Heller back, and uh, uh, gee, I wonder who this Morris guy is. I got to tune in next week. Uh, it, it didn't matter what they did. You, you could have stripped out the Logan story and still been glued to the TV every single week. And, and I remember, yeah, the, the fanaticism uh, around this uh, throughout this season. And then when you headed into the award season, you didn't really think it was possible that it, a show like this in its fifth season, if, if there ever was a show that, 
five seasons in was winning all those Emmys and all those awards, it was a show that was probably winning from day one. And and during this era, it was the, the shift had started away from network TV, getting all the accolades and more into cable TV because like the Sopranos and Six Feet Under had sort of taken over. And 24 coming in in the fifth season and winning everything like it was like you were living in a dream world. <laughs> it, was, mm. it was so bizarre. And and usually they also will save those sort of multiple wins for like often the last season of a show, right? Like that's yeah. the, you know, let's give it all the accolades and everything. But let, let's go back to 2006 here and look at the 58th Emmy Awards. Akeem Sutherland wins Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama. Look who he's up against here, Colin. Peter Krauss. What a man. Six oh. feet under. Dennis Leary. For Rescue Me, Christopher Maloney for Law and Order SVU, um, and Martin Sheen for The West Wing, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez's dad, if you don't mind. Um, and then in the other categories, like in terms of like lead actor in a comedy, Tony, Shal- Tony Shalhoub was winning for Monk that year. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus won for New Adventures of Old Christine, which I think was that the first year that the Seinfeld curse got broken. So I remember there being a big deal yeah. around her finally winning an award for it. And then Mariska Hargate for Law and Order SVU. Um, oh, that cut off weirdly. Let's try that again. <laughs> Law and Order SVU. Okay, well, it's halfway through it. Okay. Um, who, like, also that year for lead actor in a drama series for women, you got Frances Conroy for Six Feet Under. Gina Day, who was a commander-in-chief. She won the Golden Globe for it that year. That was a great show. Uh, Alison Janney and Kira Sedgwick. Kevin Bacon's wife, if you don't mind. So, um, and then in the women, look at the female for the lead actress in a comedy, Stockard Channing, out of practice. Jane Kazmer, I can never say her name, Malcolm in the middle. Uh, Lisa Kudrow for the comeback and Deborah Messing for Will and Grace. Like, what a year. Come on. Uh, uh, I I just want to take a sidebar for a second. Uh, Jamie got really excited that uh, she reactivated her library card and she's been taking out books and everything. (laughs) And Hello, 1996. Well, the funniest thing is that she, she's she been going around actually telling people, like, do you know there's this really cool thing with a library where you could check out books online, like ebooks and audiobooks online? I'm like, Jamie, that's existed for over a decade, yep. if not longer. Uh, but the first thing she checked out of all things was Gina Davis's autobiography. <laughs> Uh, which she powered through uh, and then didn't didn't get it done by the time it had to go back. But she's like, but now I'm just going to get the audiobook because she narrates it herself. And now she's listening to Gina Davis's autobiography. I wonder if she can get Jane Kaczmarek's uh, autobiography or Luke, Lisa Kujo's autobiography. I mean, maybe somewhere out there there's a Peter Krause autobiography. I don't know. If there is, I'm going to take it. Well, Connie Britton would, but no one can buy it because no one follows it. No one can buy it. But I, I think that... Um... I would be interested in Jane Davis' book to read more about her, like, nearly Olympic career. I wonder if we could get her on off the podium just because she was, like, this close to being an Olympian. So... Oh, I'm sure we could. Hi, Gina Davis. We got Johnny Weir. Exactly. But, like, I mean, Gina Davis, oh, God, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about that. Oh, my (laughs) athletic career. Okay. Um, But, yeah, just the awards here, everything. Um, I guess what we we generally do in these episodes, of course, is we sort of just go over the the main plot points, go over our favourites, least favourites actors, main cast, all that kind of stuff, and then we'll give our top five moments, which is probably going to take the bulk of this episode. So we'll breeze through a lot of this. Um, So as always, thanks to the great people on uh, Wikipedia and 24Wiki, they like to summarize the main plot points. And I'm going to use normal Wiki, not 24Wiki, because as good as 24Wiki is, they go into very, very much detailed aspects of it, Uh, whereas I might only use their impacts on future seasons section, whereas on Wiki, it gives more of a summarized version. So... The three main acts, according to Wikipedia, of course. The first act, we've got two murders, forced Jack to reveal himself, because, of course, he's been faking his death. 
He attempts to save innocent people from a plot involving Russian separatists that is rapidly unfolding. Part two is, in the second act, the terrorists gain control of nerve gas canisters with help from corrupt officials. Yep. And in the final act, Jack discovers how deep the conspiracy goes and fights against numerous threats to get a hold of a recording that implicates President Logan. Ba ba ba. And the major subplots... Jack is distraught by the loss of David Palmer and Michelle Dessler. This motivates his crusade throughout the day, with him stating, This is personal several times. Jack comes into contact with people who thought he was dead, including his daughter Kim Bauer and his former girlfriend Audrey Rains. The First Lady attempts to correct the President's perceived mistakes. The Vice President convinces the President to impose martial law in Los Angeles without approval from the US Congress. Chloe loses two men in her life. Two men in her life? When one of them dies and the other is apprehended for his involvement in a murder. Oh, Spencer. Does that really count? She fucked him once. Like, I mean, <laughs> that was a that case. we know of. <laughs> um, well, yeah, true. Bill Buchanan's authority seemed to he was undermined by Lynn McGill and then by Karen Hayes. So both eventually come around to his way of thinking. Um, I mean, like we talked about this last week. It's kind of, I think, similar to season one where there's really one overlying arc that kind of lives through the entire season. Like by the time we get to episode 24, it's kind of what we're in 21. And yeah, okay. You can argue season three, episode one, there was a, you know, a, a, a biological weapon. And by the end, it's still a biological weapon. But I feel like episode one, we we're talking about, you know, the Mexican cartel. And by the end it was Saunders. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was sort of, you know, a lot had moved on there. Whereas I think kind of, this is that way connected, but obviously this is the, Logan is evil season um, kind of bookended with Palmer gets killed and a lot of people die in the first episode season. But I mean, it's, it's really the, the Logan is evil season. And also, oh, there was some nerve gas in there. So I guess long winded way of asking favorite, least favorite plot points along the way. I first just comment on the major plot point. Uh, I, I do think that they have a way of tying it all together where it doesn't feel so much like three arcs because everything is connected and, for better or worse, when they bring the nerve gas back into it in the end, that does help it to tie together. Um, I, I don't think that it completely works when they just randomly bring the nerve gas back in. It doesn't completely work in those episodes, but when you look back on retrospect, you almost appreciate that they had this one thread that lasted for 24 episodes or, or close to 24 episodes. Um, I mean, the, the Logan storyline to me was the high point of the entire season because uh whether you like how the the shift happens or not the way that they made that that plot even before logan's revealed where they're talking about uh oh there's somebody really high up who's involved in this we have to be really careful. seeing how everybody at ctu had to be so super cautious and everybody was afraid to say anything i mean even when, when miles character comes in you know the, the, a lot of those those little details about why he did what he did uh, it, it just sort of built on how big this conspiracy plot was. So I think the the thing that they probably spent the least amount of time on for that overall plot of you know Logan being the the bad guy was the conspiracy level stuff, the the um, uh, all the president's men type uh, plot that they had going on. That was some of my favorite stuff this season, and it definitely ties to the main plot. Um, are we going to go through worst plot points as well? Yeah, go for it. Um, I mean, Chloe and Spencer, uh, <laughs> I get why you do it. You always have the mole. You got to have the fake reveal and everything. But I mean, it's just, it wasn't effective in any way. I don't feel like the guy who played Spencer is memorable. I, I famously at the beginning of the season was like, who is this guy? Oh wait. Yeah. Now I kind of remember him. Like it, it wasn't, it, 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 it was, it was filler. It, it wasn't anything big. 
Uh, I mean, we also had like Lynn's sister, which is a pretty lame plot point. I mean, <laughs> there there wasn't it wasn't all great this season, but uh, when you got twenty four episodes to fill and all these characters, you know, there's got to be something going on. Can can we agree though that the the greatest plot point of this entire season though has to just be the presence of Connie Britton? Oh. Uh, and, oh, all jokes aside about the Instagram thing, uh, that was something very different. 24 doing this love triangle where it's like nobody's really at fault jack was dead he moved on and it's kind of awkward and i thought i was gonna be cringing at this re-watching it but i'm like i'm really invested in this like what's he gonna do who's he gonna choose and the beauty about this season being so good is that you sadly forget that she was kind of a thing in this season because she was only in it for what, yeah. like the first four or five episodes and then it's kind of like I remember that season that Connie Britton was in it. Like, I mean, if this was season six, we'd be, you know, the first four episodes are the most celebrated part of that season. You forget this latter half, whereas this, it's like, God, season five's so great, and Connie Britton was in it. Um, mm. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I think also some of the nerve gas, like the last minute, like filler stuff at the end of the season where they kind of, you know, realize that they maybe had a few more too many episodes where you kind of lose that. And I still yeah. stand by that, again, on a first watch this season is better but i mean the still season is still great but i think there's a lot of the things when you know what's to come it doesn't hold up again i will still say that if you watch this season in those lens knowing that logan's going to be evil by episode 16 his character shifts so much that it kind of is a bit jarring but having said that it's still amazing and you know going back to that fandom level like it's it's it is that unique aspect where you can put yourself in a place where you're watching these shows it's like like you know, Nick talked a lot about that during Breaking Bad and I never had that experience of watching Breaking Bad live. So I don't know what that was like when you have all these, you know, reveals, like when Hank finds out that Walt is, you know, Heisenberg. Like, I don't know what that was like watching that was live because I just binge the whole thing. If I ever fucking watch Game of Thrones, I'm not going to know what it's like when people are getting their eyeballs popped out and Joffrey's dying and all that kind of crap that I already know happens. So whereas like we can put ourselves in that place. So... Yeah, it's sort of that adds an element to it, which I think kind of does also get lost in modern television watching as well. I mean, having said that, Disney Plus is doing it. We're seeing that with Ahsoka and things like that. So anyway, tangents. Um, I think to just quickly, and and again, this ties into the impacts on future season stuff going through those storylines, because, I mean, here's sort of on, on 24 Wiki, like, you know, you've got things like, oh, the introduction of Graham Bauer, spot, you know, Paul McCrane, spoiler alert, it's it's Jack's brother, which is going to be a big thing next season. Um, you know, they've got here that obviously Morris comes into it. He becomes a major part into it next season. The the Cheng stuff around China is obviously going to play a part in future seasons. Uh, Karen and Bill, and then obviously like the deaths of Palmer and that still having a big thing on there. But like the, the one that really is the big thing to me, and this is where, again, as I've constantly said, they get too far in their head with what happens in season five is that it's this conspiracy around Logan. Like to me, leave it how it is. Maybe explain a little bit that there's a bit of a loose ends around it next season. But then like, this is what I went back to season two where I'm contradicting myself around the whole like guy from Saw, you know, recording Cypress mm-hmm. tapes and all that sort of stuff. They opened up something there, which they kind of closed off in the game, I guess, but then they kind of just like, it fell away. This, they've done the opposite. They've gone, oh, okay, Logan's evil, but there's more people involved in this. This is what the next two seasons is about, and this is mm-hmm. my issue with the next two seasons, that it gets so convoluted that you just start contradicting everything that you are trying to do. Next season with Jack Bauer's family, the following season with Will Patton, 
and John Voight and the first man and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just, it's just so like, I really hope by the time we get to the end of season seven, you know what I'm talking about and you remember, because it's just like, I love Will Patton, but Will Patton is maybe the most wasted person they ever get in this show. By the time you get to him, you don't give a shit about him in this plot. So, uh, Live this up right now is what I'm trying to say because it's it's batshit crazy in two seasons' time. It, uh, it, it kind of uh, brings to mind something that we talked about a little bit throughout the season, which is just being able to separate season five from where we're going to get to a season six and seven because yeah. yeah. there is a lot of things that connect, particularly once you have uh, Paul McCrane come in. Uh, and it's not like you, know, you don't remember where it goes. We, we kind of joke the entire time, like, why is he referring to him as Bauer? Like, is that a little bit weird? But yeah, you know, I was still able to watch this season and not be, have it be spoiled by, oh, this is where they're going to go. Which, in a weird way, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like watching the Star Wars sequels. Uh, you know, I could watch Return of the Jedi, and when I watch Return of the Jedi, I'm like, oh, that's a good end to the series. I know in my head they have Episode Seven, Eight, Nine. I'm not denying Episode Seven, Eight, Nine exists. Uh, I may even be able to watch The Force Awakens. And be like, oh yeah, yeah, this is where they introduce that thing that ends up. Being, but you you can still enjoy it for what it is, and I think that's the great thing about season five is that everything was done. This is just sort of the intro. If this had been the second act of their, you know, Master Specter plan, uh, if they had started this in season four, and then season five is where they want to do some of these more reveals, I don't think it would have worked. I think the fact that this is just sort of you know planting the seeds for what we were going to be getting in six and seven, it does help with that separation a little bit because nothing took away from my enjoyment this season, you know, uh, other than just a, a couple of moments, like when he's referring to Jack as Bauer or when uh, they mentioned his kids or something like that. I'm like, Oh, the, uh, bad memories. Don't, don't mention that too soon. Uh, but uh, other than that, like season five still stands on its own and it's not really affected too much by the negative stuff that we're going to get later on with a lot of these characters. Jumping a bit of a head when we get to our, again, another initial talk about season six, which we kind of did last week, but we'll do a bit more again in this episode. Is that I, like, I always liked, again, we've always gone over this like 24 into three acts, like the first three seasons, the middle three seasons and the last two seasons, and maybe even like season nine into that. I always like to think that the original era of season of 24 ends after the fourth episode of season six, because again, there is such a plateau of quality uh, in that fifth episode of next season that to me, that's kind of where it ends because then you've got 18 episodes of scrambling to try and get something out of season six before they hit the refresh button, do redemption and move on to season seven. So like I had this weird thing to me that we are only a few more episodes away from that golden age of 24 and i know i kind of mm. said this back in season three that we're moving into the new era which we are i still distinguish one to three as maybe the true true golden 24 era and then four to six is kind of like yeah we moved on a little bit it's like survivor eras back in the day old yeah. school middle school new school but like if i'm to like go in your example there of like the star wars movies again i'm with you like six there's six episodes and then there just happens to be three more that kind of you know add a little bit more if you want to go down that path it's like all these rebooted mm. shows like dexter that new one was don't get me started will and grace like there was a couple of good episodes but like there's we i know there's additional material but i don't need i live in my own world jurassic park like i know there's a jurassic world trilogy but yeah brazier will break the curse <laughs> that trailer looked terrible though <laughs> um, like <laughs> i love frazier but i just did not want to watch that base and that anyway um, but yeah, so like, I think kind of the, people categorize things in different ways. Um, but 
you know, we've got four episodes of next season to try and relive on this glory. Um, actors, characters, I mean, I've just obviously with the main cast. So, like, it's it's one of these interesting ones where your main stars are kind of there and disappear and come back. Um, a guy called Keeva Sutherland, I believe, was in all 24 episodes, funnily <laughs> enough. Um, so was Marilyn Radzkab. She was his first time, I believe, she's been in all... Because I think, did she miss an episode or two in season three? I know she did last I thought- season. I thought she missed one in this season, but maybe I'm thinking of last season. Uh, maybe. Um, and then Audrey slash Kim Raven missed one episode. Uh, Logan missed one episode. Bill missed one episode. I guess he was home. And Gene Smart missed one episode. So basically there you sort of your main ones. And outside of that, uh, Carlos Bernard was credited as main cast for six episodes. Uh, Roger Cross. I was in 19 episodes of the television show <laughs> 24. <laughs> Uh, and the hello. Oh, sorry, Louis Lombardi. You're great. Uh, 13 episodes. Um, and then I'll just, I'll add here in the special guest star. Actually, no, I'll keep them separate because I'll keep them with the guest starring. So, I mean, you already kind of touched on Jack that maybe it was a little bit different. I know we've obviously said the Logans of the stars here. We've gone on that and we've kind of touched on that. But like putting all them aside, what are we looking at here? Chloe, I mean, yeah, she had a lot more emotional depth this season in terms of she you know, was crying and she lost people. And then kind of we, we gave Marilyn Radzkin some praise for a lot of what she did this season for not really a dramatic actor and a comedian. Um, mm. I mean, all like this is the Curtis season. Like, uh, like, I mean, last season they didn't know what they were doing with him. Like they really didn't know. And then this season, again, he kind of disappears and comes back into it, but this is where we get that field agent Curtis mode, you know? So I kind of mm. like, we got Curtis and then ugh, I'm going to get so mad in about four weeks time. Um, and then, Edgar, like, again, you kind of, uh, yeah, we kind of said he's just like a forgettable character, but he sort of just gets put on a pedestal because of his death. Tony did nothing this season. He laid in a hospital <laughs> bed for, like, six of them, so whatever. But props to Kim Raver. Props to Audrey. This is the last real, like, yeah. proper Audrey we get until season nine. She's a vegetable next season, basically. Um, and, you know, yeah, again, they kind of forgot about her in the beginning of this season. We kept saying, like, oh, Audrey's there handing out files. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's so hard to kind of compare her to season four because you'd argue she had more to do in season four because she was a lot more integral to the plot. But then you had great stuff in this season, like the episode where she's in that white coat and she's, like, losing the tail and she's getting her arm chopped and Mm -hmm. the scenes with Jack and then the scenes with Connie Britton. Jokes aside, I mean, they're awesome scenes. Like, just, I don't know. Like, it just adds layers to Kim Raber why I think she's such an amazing actress that just is being tainted by Grey's Anatomy now. So, um, yeah, lots to unpack there, Colin. Unpack how you wish. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with Kim Raver because uh, I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, outside of that thing where her dad dies, we get a little bit of a reaction of her, and then we get the showdown with her and Bierko, uh, or Henderson, sorry. Um, it, it, there's not a lot that happens with her this season. You, you look back on episode one where she has that, walk in to ctu and she's like do i want to be here bad memories and like oh they're gonna go somewhere this character she is a background character most of the season but yet weirdly enough if i were to pick which one season four season five i'm gonna put up there as like this is emmy worthy acting i might pick season five Mm. and season four had everything with paul i mean she she had so much to do in season four uh and season five even as a background character she somehow stands out more and um there's not a lot to remember as far as the stories, but her performance is just amazing. Uh, like you mentioned the scenes with Connie Britton, like the, the, it's not even a joke anymore. Like legitimately some of the best stuff of this entire season. Uh, I, I mean, 
Bill is Bill. Uh, I think the best stuff of Bill is still to come, but uh, you know, he's, he's definitely been elevated as a character here. Uh, Roger Cross. Uh, this is what we wanted out of him. This is what we remember out of Curtis. He's fun. He's an action hero. He's, you know, uh, Jack's right hand man. A lot of the time, those four episodes, five episodes he's missing. Um, it, it always coincidentally comes down to, Oh, we need backup quick. And Curtis just isn't there. But the only time he's needed is I am on my break. <laughs> <laughs> Union rules say I'm allowed to take my break for five episodes of the season. <laughs> Uh, Edgar, I mean, I don't know if I would ever call it. I, I, I get what you're saying about him being a forgettable character because outside of his death, what is he remembered for? But I mean, the, the dynamic he had with Chloe, it is kind of goofy at times, but I mean, it's it's fun too. And these are two very funny actors who have a way of not making you laugh out loud, but just, just being memorable in a way where it's like, it's they're so awkward and they're so strange that I just, I can't help but kind of like them. Like he's a lovable character in the most embarrassing way you're almost ashamed to say yeah i love edgar you know i wish we um, had another season like uh, the more and more i think about yeah. it i think his death is more effective and the relationship between him and chloe is more effective if say like they kill him in season six like give us yeah we, i agree with that we kind of maybe only really have like a full season because you know he wasn't in every episode last season so you know i don't know yeah, because that is kind of where they go with characters. Like, you look at Bill. Okay, Bill comes in in season three, right? Four. But he's sort of introduced. Well, oh, sorry. Yeah, comes in in season four. Uh, then he's got all of season five. He's got season six. Like, he gets a three season arc for the most part. Um, Audrey, we're going to eventually have her come back. And if you kind of add up all of her screen time in future seasons, that's like her third season, right? Uh, Kim had the three seasons. Uh, you could say Michelle, that, uh, Tony. To- yeah, Tony and Michelle, they kind of had the three seasons. Uh-huh. Then I guess to- Tony a little bit more, but uh, a Palmer, perfect example. I-, I think it's just what we're so used to in 24, which is maybe why his death, it works so well and is effective mm-hmm. because he was a major character in season four, even if he was just CTU desk agent. He's a major character in season five, even if most part is CTU desk agent. Uh, and then to kill him off, which weirdly enough, it kind of ties into my thoughts on Carlos Bernard, because he's a series regular for six episodes and conscious for maybe two and a half of them. Uh, but the the ultimate swerve of this season is all those deaths that we get, uh, the shocker, particularly in episode one, and then when you realize that he's still around, them billing him as a regular cast member, a series regular, was the ultimate swerve to this audience. Because at this point, you're expecting that they're going to be killing people off. Uh, that, that's why we get through the deaths, why Michelle's is maybe... It's effective, but is it as effective as Palmer's? Uh, if you had gone to Tony, it would be completely predictable. Being able to just see that credit where he's listed with the main cast, it's enough to make his episode stand out where you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming because he was a series regular. And I think that's a good point you make. And I think maybe we didn't really talk a lot about it back in episode one about Michelle's death is that I think Michelle's death does get overshadowed by the Palmer death. But in a weird way, though, it, is maybe more significant because yeah, this season is significant for the Palmer death because we get the great stuff in the last episode around Jack, but there's a bit of mention moving forward around that. But like, I think with Tony's motives come season seven and then legacy, it's more built around like that's, that's Tony. That's why he becomes this weird, whatever the fuck he becomes because yeah. it's because of Michelle's death. That's all it comes. That's down why it grows the beard. Exactly. Whereas like Palmer's death, like slowly gets filtered out. So, um, yeah, but I think that yeah, that, that that I mean that 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 to me it still baffles me that you did you don't have episode one as a top ten episode, but like it's just that's why that episode I I don't think there's a more 
effective episode of 24 than that first episode. And we're also going to get to the episode parts in a second. Um, I mean, touching on the guest stars, so I'll, I'll mix in the special guest stars and the other ones here. Again, I'm not going to go through all of them. We'll just go through some major ones. So the special guest stars, well, there's four special guest stars and one special guest appearance. We can talk these ones. So Sean Astin was in 10 episodes as a special guest star. Willem Devane, three episodes. Alicia Cuthbert, two episodes. And Rako Owlsworth uh, were in one episode. They were special guest stars, special guest appearance. Like Again, this must be a SAG thing. Like, does Dennis Haysbert get more because he's a guest appearance, not a guest star? Um, one episode. And then the guest stars, so most in terms of as a guest star, Jude Chicacola, Chica Chicacola, Wild Wild West, uh, as Mike was in 21 episodes. So I was just talking to Colin off air. I just watched World Trade Center on the weekend. He's in World Trade Center. So there's another appearance by him. Um, Glenn Moore show. It was his season uh, as Aaron, 15 episodes. Jane Ackerson as Karen Hayes, 12 episodes. Uh, Julian Sands, may he rest in peace. Vladimir Burko, 11 episodes. Peter Weller for 11 episodes. And the other ones in double digits, you had Sandra and Holders. Evelyn was in 10 episodes. There you go. Um, And Miles was in 10 episodes. Stephen Spinella. uh, Praise be him. What an amazing guy. Uh, I always forget this is kind of like a DB Woodside season that he's actually... But again, I flip him and Evelyn around. Because if you said to me, Mm -hmm. who was in 10 episodes and who was in 7 episodes? Well, Evelyn was in 7. Wayne was in 10. It's the other way around. Um, we're going to get more of Wayne. Don't worry. Next week. Um, Connie Britton, six episodes, uh, and props to Brady Corbett for Derek Huxley. We, we talked up. I, I always remember. Breaks the curse. I always remembered him being an annoying little shit, but take that away. He's not, he's actually really, really good. The annoying little shit's next season. Um, (laughs) and yes, Spencer's in six episodes though. So uh, I guess he's in a lot more than you remember. How Gardner, we like Ray Wise. Um, Kate Mara, not the greatest character, but it's Kate Mara. Henry Ian Cusack. Was in two episodes this season, <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh, and Paul McCrane, if you don't mind. Um, we're going to get more of him next season. Uh, I mean, favorites. I'll just, I mean, I mean, Sean Astin always adds more to this show than I remember. And, you know, we always, 99% of what we talked about with Lynn, we defended him. And he's, again, he's another case of, he's not really a bad guy. He's doing his job. Uh, Willem Devane in a very short amount of time, but great. Uh, Kim, we were so excited to have Alicia Cuthbert back. We never thought we would have had. You kind of forget she's in this season. It's kind of almost the Connie Britton effect of like, oh my God, she's in it. But I may be talking about one of her scenes very shortly and fighting for it to try and get into the top five. And we're not going to get Kim again until the end of season seven. But again, we're excited to have her back. Uh, and then like, you know, Connie Britton, of course. But I mean, Steven Spinella, he's, he's just one of these ones to me that you forget how good he is as Miles and you could do more with him. You never yeah. see him again. Glenn Morshaw, it's Aaron's season. Uh, and I mean, I'm glad they kind of expanded his role a lot more. Karen, I mean, Jane Atkinson, incredible. We we had nothing but praise her. Julian Sands had fun. He was hamming it up. He was being a Bond villain. Some of it was so cheesy and just clearly trailer lines, but he got the memo. Like he just, he did what he needed to do. Um, and yeah, Paul McCrane for what he was at the time. I mean, it's Paul fucking McCrane. I love that man to death. Uh. I mean, Sean Astin, I think, really stands out because there's some bad stuff around his character with with the 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 sister. What what is the sister's name again? Um, oh, Jenny, Druggy McDrug face, Druggy, Druggy McGill, and <laughs> brother Lynn. Uh, like that's not a good story, but like I I loved what he did with his character. He he was very erratic. You don't quite know who he is. It's unpredictable. Some of the best scenes are the ones where you're like. He is exactly this guy everybody is afraid he is. And then he kind of gives an explanation. You're like, well, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I yeah. like this guy. Uh, 
And I, I mean, I'm, I'm a Sean Astin fan for, you know, obviously Encino Man, Lord of the Rings, um, The Goonies. But uh, I mean, 24 to me is maybe the best he's ever been as an actor, which is weird because we have the uh, the Winnipeg Comic Con that's coming up at the end of this month. And uh, some of the names we have there this year are huge, like Robert Patrick, the T-1000. He's going to be there. Sam Raimi is going to be oh. at our Comic Con here, the director of Spider-Man. Dressed in a uh, black Rooker. suit and like danced to the jazz with him. <laughs> I like we it. Got G- we've got Giancarlo Esposito, but oh. yet I'm like most excited to meet Sean Astin. And I'm more excited than anything to talk to him about 24 because something he probably doesn't get asked about as much. I mean, he, he so really stands out. And you're going to like do the. I'm, I'm, I, as long as we can get a babysitter, which we couldn't last year, but uh, last year we kind of had last minute notice. I'm like, I'm going to go and I want to pay to get a picture with Sean Astin. Can you like contact the Winnipeg Comic Con media people and just like try and get a Sean Astin? Because I want him on the show. Like, like that's get accreditation. Well, for but Sean even Astin. like we just get something to lead up to help there. I mean, like as much as I'd obviously love Giancarlo Esposito, because I mean, who wouldn't want to talk to that man? Um, but like, yeah, honestly, my aim was Giancarlo Esposito, Breaking Bad, sure. The Mandalorian, sure. I want to talk to him about the one episode of Third Watch he was on, which is one of the worst episodes <laughs> of Third Watch where he played a priest. But, like, still, like, every, who in their right mind is going to talk? Like, we literally have Henry Winkler coming here in a couple of weeks of Sydney, and I want to go talk to him about his, like, three episodes in Third Watch. Like, I mean, I'm just that much <laughs> of a geek. We had Kiss perform at the AFL Grand Final, and here I am talking about, hey, Gene Simmons was a shit villain in Third Watch, but hey, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, point is, go to there, and that sounds good. Do your job. I'll just have to pull Jamie away from licking Sean Astin because she's got a weird thing for him. Uh, it's not weird, but he's a beautiful man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look up who else is at this Comic-Con while you're talking. Oh, well, we've we got some... Your Comic-Con or my Comic-Con? Oh, our Comic-Con happened. We had shit okay. people with ours. I'm like, you just got... Uh, you, you're in Sydney. I'm like, you, all you get is Henry Winkler? We got Sam Raimi? No, but <laughs> we got Sam Raimi's a separate thing. There was, a, there was a, We've got like three different comic festival things that always come, and there was a Sydney one while I was away. And I looked at who was coming and it was like, I think maybe Katie Sackhoff was at one of them, but like I was away and then everyone else was just crap. So yeah. Her her people turned it down. Like it doesn't look like Sydney has enough people for her. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Inside joke. People all get that. Uh, Anyway, some of the other, I mean, William Devane, to me, it's a surprise. He's only in three episodes because, and maybe part of this is because in season four, he was in a lot of episodes, but was that background character most of the time. So uh, you, you sort of stack up what he went through in season four, which is really just the first five episodes, six episodes. And then this season, which is three episodes, but it's also just as important of a story arc. And he just feels like such a bigger character. That's also just the larger than life presence that William Devane has. Um, I mean, Kim's episodes were great. Uh, I, I'm not knocking it. I actually think that this is one of the things that I was surprised most at this season because it's not that I ever dislike Kim, but anytime Kim comes back, it's always like, oh, I thought we were done with her. Uh, and, and maybe I just sort of forgot how good these few episodes she had with Jack and, and her, her new daddy were <laughs> boyfriend slash daddy, <laughs> uh, other than Jack trying to choke him. Uh, Mike, I, I don't know. Do, do we have a, do you have a favorite between season two and season five, Mike? Cause those are probably his two big seasons. Um... I'd almost lean towards season two still, but uh, I mean, it's so great to have him in this season to have him kind of have that 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 big hero moment at the end where because it really who does save the day in this everybody's trying to take down logan and in the end it's kind of martha and mike that come in that save the day yeah it's a good question um i'd probably go with season five just because like uh, yeah but like i just kind of like 
his role at the end of the season and kind of just his conflict around Logan and everything. But then season two, though, it's more personal because mm-hmm. just with the Palmer stuff. So, yeah, it's a good question. That's that's yeah. I I don't have a firm answer for you. Uh, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Jane Atkinson. I think she was great in this season, uh, especially on a rewatch, seeing the way that they handle their character right from the beginning, mm. where kind of like with Lynn, you're like, oh, I should be hating her, but uh, she's making a lot of sense right now. Uh, the best stuff with her is probably still to come in the show. Um, or is it really? I mean, I, I actually really liked the the the, the battles between her, Miles, think- Bill... Yeah, next season with her being in the White House with like Peter McNichol. Um, it's yeah. I think it's just the unpredictability in season five, where you don't know how you're supposed to feel about her. She's a new character. You get one over on her, but she's siding with people you're not supposed to be one over on. And the fact they never played it because of all things in season five, where you do separate it from season six, like I'm watching Graham Bauer, and I've got it in my head. I know that this is Graham Bauer. Uh, but it's not spoiling it. The one exception to that would be when you're seeing Bill and Karen together. Cause I'm, I'm sort of looking at it through, through the lens of, I want to analyze how they actually build the, the rapport between these characters. When did the writers have the idea they wanted them to be married the next season or at least be hooking up? Yeah. And then of course, yeah, no, you're right. And I think kind of the thing with Karen is you kind of, I always forget that she just disappears after the end of next season. Like, it's just like, mm. there she is. Bye. Um, she just gets written off screen, never to really be mentioned again. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. There's not really a bad character this season. There's not really like outside of druggy McDrug face or like, I mean, but even like Spencer, who's like a bit annoying. Like, I mean, he's still, I mean, the guy who played him, Jonah Lotton wasn't bad. Like it wasn't like, Oh God, like get him off my screen. Like, I don't, yeah. there's no one really this season that I think we can say was shit. So I think yeah. this is a unique one. Even season one, we had that, what's his face, the agent guy, and Kim got annoying. So like, yeah, like there was just, yeah. So and, this- and then you have characters where it's almost tailor-made. They want you to hate them, like Miles. And, and you're completely right about Miles. I mean, if there's, I think if there's one surprise standout, it is Steven Spinella because he's so much better on a rewatch than I thought he would be. Uh, and and again, I'm I end up siding with him uh, with the choices he makes throughout the season. I correct myself. We had Barry this season. Fuck Barry. Uh, <laughs> Who's <was> Barry? <laughs> Kim's uh, the therapist, the older man boyfriend. Kim's See, boyfriend. See, and again, I don't. I, <laughs> Fuck I, Barry. Again, like, Boo Barry. He, yeah, <laughs> you're not supposed to like the guy, but I mean, I I I again, I liked the, the way that they toe the line with so many of these characters, where instead of making it clear cut, this is a bag. It's like Miles, you know, yeah. or like what you thought Karen in the beginning. Because with Barry, you're like, yeah, you, definitely some shady things there. But then you're like, yeah, but he also kind of makes sense at times. Who was our NASCAR driver this season? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the worst one of the season is a Joe. Joe, the, the assassin <laughs> in the very first episode who you like interviewed. Didn't even realize. Oh, yeah. was like, we got him <laughs> back on the show him. yet? You've had all season, Colin. <laughs> um, you've done well with that. I don't have his contact info. <laughs> oh, contact Leslie. Um, he, w- he was the guy who, who dropped in at the end and couldn't get his phone working. So he may not know what a text or email is. Just going over the episodes. So um, I only, I bought everything this season for four, five episodes. So um, yeah, no, uh, four episodes. So I bought 20, rented two, binned two. You bought 18 
rented five, binned one. So this is both yours and my record season for most bins, uh, most buys, sorry. Uh, bins, mine was season four, yours was season two. Um, but yeah, so I the standouts... You binned more in season four than two? Uh, yes, season four is my record bin season. Uh, I had binned five in season four. I didn't bin any in season three, remember? Uh, so, yeah. um, which again, spoiler alert, it's not going to be the number one season because it was still number <laughs> two last season. Um, but yeah, so I, in terms of like, this is where it's going to be interesting when we get to our season rankings in a moment, but looking at the overall rankings, so my highest rated episode of this season was episode 12, which of course is the uh, basically the Edgar Dies episode, the Centox uh, episode at the end, followed by episode one, which Colin has at what, like 52 or something, like for fuck's sake. 11. Um, then after that was the finale, then episode 13, uh, episode six, episode 21, then episode two. My lowest of this season uh, by far was episode 10. Uh, the uh, That was a presidential motorcade, Russian one, blowed up everything. Uh, and then the the penultimate episode, they were my only two bins this season. Um but, I mean, again, as I said, like, right now, uh, what have we... We have recapped a total of 120 episodes of 24. And in my top 10, currently, I have four episodes of this season, which is the most of any season. Uh, and, spoiler alert, that won't change because, uh, as I've said, uh, moving forward for the rest of this... For the remaining three, four, five, whatever seasons we've got left... I'm only going to have one, two, three more episodes make my top 10. So these four season five episodes are stuck in my top 10. Um, so there you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, but to me, the st- which I think you had episode 12 was your number one of the season as well from yeah. memory, didn't you? It's my number two overall. Yeah. And your number one is still the Chappelle dying episode, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So my number one. No, just- which I don't know if that'll be beaten. Well, my, my, I, I think I firmly said mine's not getting beaten and it's the last episode of season one for me. Um, but yeah, so uh, anything to add on the, the best, the worst of this season? Uh, really, I mean, I kind of touched on most of them there because I don't, you and I really didn't have yeah. much of a difference of opinion this season. Yeah, I mean, the, the big difference is uh, my second highest this season, my fourth overall is episode 18, which you weren't nearly as high on. That was the one uh, where where Heller confronts Logan, but also that that incredible showdown the exchange with audrey with the blood dripping that's down her 75 coat and everything. for me and that's the number yeah what is yeah. wrong with you that is a t- t- top four episode for me I-, I absolutely love that episode and yet it, when i was coming to the season i remember when we did um uh the the premiere and i was thinking in my head i'm like yeah like i can't rank the premiere higher partly because i know that there are episodes still to come that i like more there's at least one episode uh which um uh which one is it here in episode number 13 which I thought would have been higher than premiere, which isn't. Uh, but then episode 12, which is my highest of the season, is the one that I pretty much knew from the beginning. This might be fighting it out for my number one overall. Um, and obviously the finale, I've got uh, number five overall. Uh, so I have three season five episodes in my top five right now. The only season fives that aren't in my top five is Chappelle's Death, which is my number one, and then the season one finale, which is my number three. So what other seasons are in your top ten? So my top 10, I've got uh, season three, episode 18 is number one, then season five, 12, uh, episode 24 of season one, uh, five as number four and five are season five episodes. Episode 23 of season one is number six. The finale of season three at number seven. 
Episode 20 of season four. I think that was Paul's death. That's uh, number eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 11 of season one is number nine. And then the uh, the bomb in season two is number 10. So you've only got one season three episode, two season three episodes. Two mm-hmm. season threes, uh, three season ones, one season two, one season four, and three season fives. Well, so I actually don't have any season two in my top ten. So that's dropped down. Uh, the bomb episode, episode 15, has now dropped down to 12. So, I, yeah, my top 10 is right now, yeah, episode 24 of season one, then episode 12 and episode one of season five. Then number four, I've got Chappelle's Death, episode 18 of season three. Penultimate episode of season one is at five. Uh, the finale of season five at six. Episode 13 of season five at seven. And then I've got two season four episodes. I've got, yeah, episode 20, which is uh, Paul's Death, at eight and episode 16, which is at Air Force One gets shot down, uh, episode nine. And then the finale of season three is currently in my top 10, just hanging on by a thread. So uh, there you go. Just uh, quickly, what's your lowest episode after 120 episodes? Uh, lowest overall of all seasons? Yeah. What is your last uh, place episode? Season two, episode eight, which I would have to Google to see what it is. <laughs> I've got season two, episode 11, which I believe is the Cougar episode. Uh, when do I have season two, episode eight? Did I not bin that? Oh, was that the one I bought? Didn't I buy one that you hated? I did, yeah. Maybe I bought... this was the one. I have season yeah. two, episode eight at 62, which is above your freaking second one from this season. Wow. This is where Kim and Miguel get arrested. Uh, and... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I see. I had fun with that one. See, uh, my bottom, my bottom is still the Cougar episode, followed by Terry Gets Amnesia. Um, but good news Next season, there'll be plenty to replace the bottom episode. <laughs> so don't worry. I'm looking here below the cougar from next season. I have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten episodes from next season. <laughs> A worse, nearly half the season next season is worse than the cougar episode, according to my rankings. Uh, which So we're going to get to our, our last two bits here, which I'm uh, very excited for. The first one in particular... Because the next one's going to have a bit more debate. This is where we rank the season. This gets more and more interesting the deeper we get into these seasons, right? Because after next season, we are officially going to enter more seasons of any show that we've ever done before on this podcast. Not Survivor, like that doesn't count. Uh, So right now we're ranking all the seasons, season one through to five in order. So just to refresh people's memories, after four seasons, Colin, you had at number one, season one. At number two, season three. Number three, season four. And number four, season two. I had exactly the same. I'm not going to go through all of that. We've literally had the same rankings. This may or may not change. I'm going to go to you first. What? Where is season five? Uh, let's be honest. This is either going to be number one or number two. I think that's a clear exa- answer for both of us, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um- yeah, and, and I'm glad you read that out because I thought that I would have had a shift in there. Uh, but you can exactly change what I have. We, we're, 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 we'll allow well, changes at the end of every season good, if you want to. The good thing is I don't have to because that's exactly where I would have ranked it, uh, with the exception of season five uh, not being in the list. Because um, yeah, season two is the weakest to me, and season four. Like the funny thing is, I absolutely love season four. Yeah. But I think uh, so much of it is just how much more I appreciated season three on a rewatch on mm-hmm. this rewatch. Than I did in the past. But the weird thing is, if I were to choose which season uh of the first four I'd just go back and watch, I'd probably choose season four because it's just it's it's fun entertainment. Whereas season three, it's like you gotta get in the right mood for that. 
Um, yeah, to me, this is number one. This is easily number one. I mean, when I look at my rankings, uh, when I when I get close to my top 15 rankings, it's something like 40 to 50, almost 50% of my top 15 episodes are season five episodes. Uh, and everything, even the bad episodes are still a lot more fun than the bad episodes of other seasons. So this is definitely number one for me. Uh, season one will will hold at number two, which is another thing I didn't expect coming into this rewatch that I would have uh, appreciated season one uh, as much as we got further away from it. Because uh, typically that's what happens is you love a season when you watch it and you get further and further away from it. You're like, oh, but I think I like this one more. But season five, definitely number one with a bullet. I'm definitely contradicting my previous criteria on previous shows. I say this every season because, you know, like my nip tuck argument was that I bought every single episode of season four. So that has to automatically go above the beloved season two. And then I kind of weighed that around with loss, but I'm kind of breaking that a little bit here in season on, on 24. So yeah, this is the first time we're going to have a change because I am keeping season one at number one. I, I This obviously I bought more episodes. I think it's, you know, more like in your face, like, wow, wow, wow. But like, I then, kind of going a bit of the opposite of what you said, I would argue the bins of this season are worse than season one. And I also think that, again, this is a watch first time to really get the whoa out of it moments and it kind of detracts once you know. Whereas season one to me, like it's just, and again, maybe it's a nostalgia factor. It's just, it's living through everything. And I still think that I maybe, if I'm just going to put on any season, I literally am going to start at the beginning because there's just something innocent about season one and so deep about season one that you're not getting like, and that kind of maybe even relates to is there something going on upstairs that i need to oh it's casper hello casper hello casper <laughs> you break you it need? again hello what do you need you're gonna say hello to ben ben here ben ben hi ben <laughs> howdy partner <laughs> i just i can always see colin's reaction when he's like going over his shoulder going oh god here we go um <laughs> I think like going back to a point is about like Jack kind of not being super amazing this season. Um, I just look at season one, Jack, and just how amazing he is. So yeah, at the end of the day, season one to me will go out on top. And let's be honest, let's spoiler it here. I don't think any of us are going to be putting any of the further seasons above any of these. Hello, Casper, dangling off their spider. Hi, Casper. Casper. I see you. I see you through the reflection. Okay. Why don't you go upstairs? Have some breakfast. Okay. See you through the no, reflection. No, don't start. Don't start. No, don't right, play Casper. with the treadmill. Okay? We want one of those medals. Just every time he gets you know, on Casper, the treadmill, give him a medal. He uh, he started a running club um, oh. this past week. And uh, he's by far the youngest kid in there. There's kids that are upwards of 15, 16 years old, and he's seven. I don't, there might be a nine or 10-year-old in it. But uh, <laughs> so so squish it. Squish Man, what? Squish it. Kill it. Here, take it the Squish this. Oh, <laughs> Casper, come here! <laughs> what are they? What are they trying to kill? There's murder happening right There's now. There's a spider. Oh, Apparently, it's a it's a very big spider. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Casper, stand back. Okay? All our Australian, Anyways, as, Australian audience as the right now. A, big spider. But, Murder of a spider happens back here. Uh, anyways, he's at his running club, and uh, the, the coach is basically commenting. It's like, yeah, he doesn't really have a uh, slow jog pace, does he? <laughs> so basically, you're going to say he's going to be a future Olympian, and he's going to win. He's you. going to be the next Usain Bolt. Did you get it, Jamie? <laughs> oh, she's she's so kill it. I don't need to go. I want to finish the episode because I got to start work soon. <laughs> oh, I love the casual nature of Canadians oh. around spiders. Oh, it's on the floor, eh? Yeah, oh. he's all well. <laughs> oh. Right now in Australia, you've called a SWAT team to kill that bloody thing. <laughs> you seen anyway, what was freak? the question? 
Um, what, what was the question? There yeah. wasn't a question. We were ranking shit and whatever. I can't remember. I've got a twi- season, I, I, I like season five. <laughs> season one, number one for me. Anyway, all right. So yeah. the tricky one. We're going to rank the top five moments. Now, I'm just saying this right now. I've oh. marked down 17 for this season. Um, <laughs> but I don't know what you've marked down. But I'm going to go through these super quick. And maybe if there's one that I've missed, because I think there's a couple that you mentioned that I didn't mark down. But again, I got 14. Okay, that's not too bad. I, I, I mean, to me, there's maybe like three or four that should be locks and there's maybe one spot that we would debate. So, all right. Yeah. These are in order from episode one through to 24. Palmer getting murdered in episode one. Michelle getting murdered in episode one. Jack's kill of Palmer's murder at the end of episode one. Uh, Jack and Audrey reunite in episode five. Jack torturing Walt Cummings in episode six. Jack shooting Miriam in the knee in episode 11. Jack reuniting with Kim in episode 12. The whole last eight-minute section of episode 12 when Edgar dies. Uh, Lynn sacrificing himself to save CTU in episode 13. Tony, quote, dies at the end of episode 13. Uh, Jack outrunning the explosion at the end of episode 15. Logan revealed as evil at the episode 16. Logan about to kill himself before Miles calls to save him in episode 21. Jack kidnapping Logan with the stare down in the helicopter in episode 24. Jack interrogating Logan in episode 24. The whole Charles confronts Martha slap confession. Then he's caught episode 24. And then Jack kidnapped by the Chinese at the end of episode 24. So is there any of those that I have missed that are on your list? Um, so let me just go through my list. I think there's a couple. Um, I got Palmer's death. I got Michelle's death. I got Jack attacking Walt. I've got Martha getting in the Subarov car, which I don't think is going to make our final list, but uh, give it an honorable mention. I got Jack shooting uh, Henderson's wife, Edgar's death, Lynn uh, sacrificing himself, Jack torturing Audrey is one you didn't have. Uh, I love that scene. Uh, Logan's villain reveal, which um, is a brief moment, but uh, I don't remember if you mentioned that or not. I did. Uh, the Henderson and Audrey exchange, the Audrey for the recording, the blood dripping on the coat. Uh, Heller and Logan's meeting, uh, Heller driving off the cliff, Martha confronting Charles, and then Jack taken by the Chinese. So I think... Maybe we just, as we usually do, we go on the obvious ones. To me, the obvious ones, like the the ones that are like 100%, like these should be in there. Palmer's murder, the last eight minutes of episode 12, and the um, Charles confronting Martha confession, episode 24. Those to me are the three that are yeah. locks. That like that. And it was Edgar's death that you have. Yeah, so, is, the, so uh, the episode, episode 12, yeah. Edgar's death, the last eight minutes that you count all mm-hmm. of that when CTU is attacked. Palmer's murder. And that whole Charles confronts Martha. Again, that's another long scene, as we talked yeah. about last week. So that's that's kind of from the beginning of Palmer's body coming off the plane, Martha breaking down, the slap, the recording, right to his arrest. Whatever mm-hmm. it is. So uh, would you agree? Those are the three locks that Those I had Those are as three well. locks. Those are 100% three. Now, I am just going to say right now that my other two that I have got as my five is Jack reuniting with Kim. And Tony dying. They are my yeah, see, other five. The yeah, other and I, I didn't have either of those on my list. Um, because I, I think there are there were stronger scenes in this. Um the Tony death. Uh, see, the tough thing for me is would we include Michelle's death? Because in some ways it's more shocking because why wow, you just did that twice. But yeah, if but, I'm gonna pick one death, I'm gonna pick Palmer's out of all three. No, of them. Absolutely. But like the, the reason I think Tony's gets more of a an add to it is because he was meant to be dead. Mm-hmm. And it's that emotional music 
the score, the build-up, and Jack's reaction. That's what sells it. Not to take away from Michelle's death. If Michelle's death happened in any other episode besides Palmer's, she's getting a very high chance of getting on this list. But as we kind of alluded mm-hmm. to in this, her death is almost kind of like glossed over, whereas Palmer's yeah. death has more impact. I just, I just think the way that they execute that Tony quote death when arguably at this point in the show, he is the second most important character behind Jack. And I know he's not really dead. And I get that maybe takes away from this moment. And we, I had all my complaints about that, but I just think the way that scene is executed with that music and Jack's breakdown, which is taken away two seconds later in the beginning of the next episode. But yeah, I don't know that that's why. And the Kim, I just, I just, I just love that moment between him and Kim. So, so, so much. I know it's probably not going to make it because I know you're going to put a fight for other ones. And there's other ones, as you said, you didn't even make your list there. So there's other ones I think we can come to an agree on, but I would fight more for Tony's death over Kim's bit there. You make a good case for the Tony's death. Uh, it's also something that's important for future seasons, whether it was this was their intention up or season not. Season seven. I mean, season seven. Yeah, is exactly. Based on this moment. I mean, the one that I really would fight for. I don't even know how um, open you'd be to it. Would be that uh, Audrey with the blood run down the jacket because it's just it's so well done. I'm not opposed um, to it. I'm not like I, I. There's no way in hell I'm getting Audrey's interrogation and and Martha getting into the limo. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it, but I just, I don't know if we look at, yeah, like, I mean, like, I think I owe you one anyway. I think I owe you a moment. Was it not Oh, you owe me. <laughs> was it last season? Did I not? Was it? Or I've already given you yeah. your owed one. Maybe I'm, like, giving oh, you credit. Know. You definitely haven't. No. Uh. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, the... Or you can I, have I'm that also, moment if I can have Tony dying moment. <laughs> that, I'd, I'd be open to that because I, I think that, uh, you know, both are really important. The The other ones that I was kind of torn between was Jack attacking Walt and then Jack shooting Miriam, uh, which are very similar scenes. It's sort of Jack going very rogue in an unpredictable way. Uh, I, I I think I actually prefer the the Miriam uh, scene a little bit more than Jack attacking Walt, even though the shock of Jack attacking <sighs> Walt is so great. I mean, I would disagree in the fact that I think Jack's more shocking because at Walt's more shocking because he's doing that in front of the president of the United States. And he's literally like, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut one eye. I'm going to cut one eye out. I'm going to piss all over you. I mean, the, the only other one that I would say that maybe like if, I mean, we can literally come to an agreement, Tony's death for Audrey's like thing. Cause yeah. I don't dislike that scene, but the other one that like, I'm so like sad that it's not being in the conversation right now is Logan about to kill himself. And then the phone oh, call. Oh yeah, and I mean, I feel, Ooh, I feel, that's I feel, a good one. I feel like this is kind of like Breaking Bad season five, where there were so many moments we didn't include. I feel like Logan's reveal as being evil is obvious, but we kind of got that at the end with him being arrested there. Um, I mean, that whole moment with Logan just with the gun and about to kill himself. I mean, I would put that above Audrey getting cut because I want to protect my Tony. But I, I still think, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, ooh, I, I actually really like including that Logan scene as well. I mean, I was going to say Jack being taken by the Chinese would be another one, but I mean, it really is kind of two scenes broken up. And I think this season stands so much on its own that just having a tease for the next season, it doesn't need to be in the top five. Um, I, I, if if we're locking our our one for one exchange in there um, as blood drips down our coats, um, I'd be open to including the Logan almost suicide scene because that was just powerful. Yeah, but you're saying that over Tony's death. I don't. I well, think but Tony's that would give us five, important. wouldn't it? Oh, so taking out Audrey's cut? No, no, no. Because we, well, we've got. Oh, you no, sorry, I miscounted here. So we got three. Yeah. So now we got to cut something. No, I don't think I would take either of those out. Uh, do, do you want to do a clean 
exchange for Tony or are you more, cause I would actually prefer, I personally prefer the Logan suicide scene, but I can see the merits of having Tony's Look, death. I, I think if we come to the agreement, if you don't want to lose Audrey and I don't want to lose Tony, right? I would think we keep it. Like, I think we're both on this weird page of, we want the Logan suicide yeah. attempt but neither of us are willing to give up unless we want to give one final pitch for why I think Tony's death is more warranted than Audrey's cut in the arm, or do we just want to come to an agreement here? Let's just come to the agreement. Okay, so what episode... Can you just refresh my memory of Audrey's cut? What was that? Uh, Episode 18. Episode 18. All right. So I think then four and five will be those two moments because I think we were on a unanimous top three. So, uh, look, personally, I'm going to say it. I think Audrey's... I, I think... But my argument would be... The reason why that should be number five. If you think about all these moments and the implications they have for the future of this show and the season in general, no disrespect to Audrey and that scene, that one scene has no impact on the rest of the season. It's a great scene, but like Tony's death has much bigger implications on this season and future seasons, which is why I would argue that should be number four and Audrey's scene should be number five. Where did we rank the towel down the throat in season one? Uh, I think that was quite high from memory. I think that was like... Yeah, I mean, I because it also has no out. impact on the rest True, of the season. True, but like, I mean, I, I don't, I even think you would agree that you can't compare that, like, to like that is such an iconic scene, well, though. My, my argument for Tony's death would be is what, what we do get later on does diminish it a little bit. Uh, and also, I remember watching that episode and maybe not loving the way it was handled as much. Uh, I, I think if, I, if I'm looking at what is, what is so so perfectly shot, so perfectly acted and scored and everything, the Audrey moment is better. But I I'd be willing to go with the Tony just because of the importance of the scene. But, but um, my other argument would be as well that like, if you asked any 24 fan on the street, do you remember Audrey getting cut or do you remember Tony dying? I think, yeah. But, and, but those same people, they wouldn't necessarily remember the towel down the throat, too. Uh, Town Down the Throat was number five, in all fairness. Okay, I, th- I was higher than that in memory. Uh, I, I, I can say, I think it would be fair to say, Audrey, I'm glad that I even made the top five here, and then Tony at number four. Okay, so Audrey cut five, uh, Tony death four. Uh, I think this is, again, where it's easier to maybe go through a number one. Um, I would say the number one moment of this season would be Edgar's death, the last eight minutes of episode 12. Ooh. Or you I would have said Martha Martin. and Charles. Okay, so yeah. well, in that case, Palmer's death is number three. <laughs> <laughs> so that made that part easy. Um, yeah, look, I, this isn't one of these ones where I feel like I'm going to fight. Like, I, I would just say in my argument that Edgar's death, again, I would go on the motion. That is the most powerful eight minutes or the most intense eight minutes of this entire show. Um, But, again, using my argument, Mm. Charles' arrest and everything has more implications. So, yeah, I would probably, yeah, I'd be happy to just cave and go with that. I mean, but let's just uh, throw it out there. I feel you need a Logan moment at number one. So you're probably season five. So I was just for argument's sake. I mean, the the implications of Edgar dying is that what significance does Chloe looking at a picture at the end have otherwise? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's touche. Very well sold. Okay. So that actually took quicker than I thought it would. Um, (laughs) So number five, uh, sort of Audrey's, I guess, Slus and the arm and Henderson escaping. The exchange. The exchange. Uh, number four, Tony's death. Funnily enough, this is the second time in a row that Tony's fake death has made the top five. <laughs> Last season, it was a fake death. This season, we're meant to believe it's real. Uh, Palmer's death, number three. 
Uh, number two, Edgar's death, and with the whole ending sequence, obviously, of episode 12, and then the whole sequence of Logan's arrest and Martha's slap and all that kind of stuff. All right, I'm telling you, next season, we might not even have five moments. Um, <laughs> end of episode well, we'll have four. at least four. There's got to be one of each first four episodes. End of episode four next week is the number one moment, I'm telling you right now. Um, and maybe Jack becomes a vampire. Because that's next week, uh, episode one of season six. Buckle yourselves up for four weeks of fun and the rest is shit. Uh, we touched on it last week, but I think episode one, I think the beauty of season six tried to be a bit season four-ish. It wasn't just like a overall threat. Let's have multiple terrorists. So basically you start season four, uh, season six, and there's like multiple terrorist attacks going on. The Palmers are shit at their job because they're always getting fucking attacked. I'm just saying. The only two times nuclear bombs go on US soil is when the Palmers are in control. Spoiler alert for next season. Um, and then, like, there is a prequel. I don't know. You said I think you said you never seen the season six prequel. No. Uh, I've got a very dodgy quality version of it. It's, it's basically Jack's in China, thinks he's escaping, but he's being teased by the Chinese. That's all it is. Spoiler alert. And he's got a beard. Um, so <laughs> that's all it is. Um, but, yeah. I, I don't really want to add, except like this is the one thing that I really think pay attention to in those first four episodes, and this is where they lose track of it. This is what we've talked about this season. Have a broken Jack. Have a mm. like Jackie's a broken man to the point where he's Skyfall. Yeah, he's questioning himself. This is what's so good when Jack is literally saying, "I don't know if I can do this anymore." Like this is what I want from Jack, and they just forget about it because then it becomes days of our bowers. Um. So, yeah, stay for the Jack with a beard, Jack being a vampire next episode, and um, Milo's back. He's coming into format <laughs> files at CTU. <laughs> Milo versus Morris. Oh. The battle you never thought. And Nadia, which, again, I like Nadia. I like me a bit of Nadia. So, uh, and Peter McNichol and Powers Booth. Yeah. Like, as, as much as we're kind of dreading the plot points of season six, some of the the positives that I'm really looking forward to is the cast. I think that it was actually one of the best casts they assembled. <laughs> uh, the latter half. <laughs> but but I mean, we, we get uh, and we're gonna have a lot of complaints about James Cromwell and being miscast Aww. and stuff like that. But it's still it's still James Cromwell. It's still exciting. Uh, we get lots more Paul McCrane next season. We get uh, lots of Peter McNichol. Uh, we do get Miles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, one thing I'm actually My really Lord. excited about is the look at Milo. Sorry, yeah. Uh, the look of the season in season six, because season six looks great. I mean, it is a very bright season. The sets are fantastic. The budget was probably higher than it was in season five. So uh, we're really just scraping the bottom there looking for positives here. But it's, it should still be fun because the first four episodes are amazing. And then after that, we can just make fun of it. It'll be like we're covering Zardoz or Barbarella, like one of the worst movies we've ever seen. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, and again, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about, like, you touched on this episode. I touched on it last week. Like, there was still excitement for this season. We were still, like, peak, like, oh, my God. And again, as I said last week, like, even every week, even when it was shit, I'm still loving it at the time. But it's, you know, in hindsight. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting ride. I feel like this season went by in a breeze. The next two seasons are going to be a bit of a drag. Although season seven is going to be a very interesting one based on your memory of it. Uh, like, subscribe, do all the regular things. We're in the middle of Dead Duck Month, which quackity quack quack. This week it's uh, Barbarella. So fucking hell. Um, tune in for that. Um, and Amazing Race, I think, is being done. And uh, what's it called? The, the Continental. Continental. Thank you. Continental Copper Soup. Hello to all Australian listeners who might get that. Um, but yes, do all the fun things. 
My name is Ben. And I was just asking, you don't have to get all feminist on me. And uh, my name is Colin, I'm dead. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)